Okay. Okay, so yesterday we, we got down near the bottom of page Nundalad, and um, we saw the three diff we saw the third of the three reasons, we saw the second and third yesterday, of the three reasons why it is that Ayurveda now must be Basimcha. The first reason is we don't have the Kayak for Maribus. The second reason the Rebbe told us is that our generation is on such a high level after all that the Yidden have gone through over the last couple of thousand years of Yisurim and all the, the difficulties. So those, those have elevated us and purified us and got, got, as, uh, the Yidden have come to a point where they can go straight to Tshuva Ilah, upper level Tshuva, higher Tshuva, as opposed to the normal progress from one state to another state. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, Yidna Shayach Tachuva Ilah. Now, we thought that that was somewhat contradictory of the first thing we said, because the first thing we said was we don't have the Kayak for this, which seemed to be because we're on a lower level and we're, 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 we're so focused on self that we'll have a hard time dealing with the Aveda Mimariris and we'll turn it into, it'll end up being Atzvus, which is, you know, self focused. So the answer that we gave for that apparent contradiction is that that's exactly the point. That since the Ikra of the generation is Simcha, so then the Klipa of the generation is the opposite of Simcha, is Atzvus. So that's going to be something that people are going to have to deal with very, very, very much in this generation because the Ikra is to be exactly the opposite. So of course, there's always a, an opposing force equal to that which has to be expressed, right? So if Simcha is what it's about, so then Atzvus is definitely going to be powerfully present. And so therefore, the first level, we can't do the Aveda Mariris, we'll get into a state of Atzvus. The second is, why? Because we're Shaykh to Simcha, instead of Aveda Misimcha, which is Tshuva Ilah. And the third level, the Rebbe said, is because where we are in history. In history, we're in, in, the, in the sixth millennium, after midday of the day. Meaning, the daytime starts 5500, right? The sixth millennium starts at 5001. That's the nighttime of the sixth millennium. Then daytime is 5500. That's daybreak. That's sunrise. That's when the Baal Shem, the Rebbe doesn't say this in the Mimer, but that's when the Baal Shem showed up in the world. Daybreak, Arab Shabbos. We're now halfway through the day, which means our focus is not on what went on during the whole week, because the Rebbe said, when is it that the Alter Rebbe says you should break your heart and do a Chesh Nefesh on the whole week? Thursday night. Well, we're not at Thursday night. We're at Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. What's the focus? Shabbos. Ototot Shabbos. What's our focus? Ototot Mashiach. The Simcha of the coming of Mashiach and the Simcha of bringing Mashiach. Okay, that's, that's where we got to in the Mimer. Uh, I'm going to start from the bottom up because we got right. we got two well by footnote 22 six lines seven lines up eight lines up first word on the line there's a footnote 22 next to the word halacha right it's actually it might not be the first word on your line I'm not sure oh Taka, we have a whole different pagination I'm sorry top line right <laughs> Top line on page 66. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I copied it from a completely different printing of the mine. Of the old stencil printal printing, which uh, it's, it's got the coffee stains. Okay? Say the. So now, th- basically, the Rebbe is going to wrap up the Indian of Simcha now, and then we're going to go back to our original question. So we're going to have to remind ourselves of our original question, which we will when we get to the word Amnam. Well, I don't know where it is by you. There it is, okay. 
Okay, so we are top line, page 66. First word on the line, is that right? Is that right? No. Top line, middle of the line, halacha. Okay, we just learned that the, the, the greatest expression of this state that we are challenged to be in, the state of Simcha, is the Indian of Izdavkus, Rucha, Barucha, Babachinus, Nashikin, the closeness of spirit to spirit on the level of Nashikin, quoting the Zayar, which is Chuva Ilah, that we feel this incredible closeness to a Kurdish Baruch, and that's expressed through davening and learning Torah. Ubefrat, particularly, Alpima Shikosov, based on that which is said, Tachas Kecho, because you did not serve a Vayelokecho Besimcha Batuv Levov, with joy and gladness of heart. Right? Meaning, the, the Pasuk says very clearly that we're supposed to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu Basimcha. That's a Pasuk in Parsha Save in the context of all of the Hepecha Brachas, those things that certainly don't look like Brachas in, in, uh, in, in, the, in Parsha Save. And the, the, the Kaddish Baruch Hu tells, Meish Rabbeinu tells us, why is it that we, we were perhaps going to have to deal with all these terrible things that are discussed in the parsha because we didn't serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu with joy. There's the parish of the Rambam in this, in this Pasuk. Right? That there has to be, that this we see clearly the simple shot. I mean, the, the simple shot in the Pasuk is he didn't serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Rambam points out that Atafka says he didn't serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Right? And we'll see that the Arizal but we'll see what the Arizal has to say about that in, in uh, the next line. The Rambam at the end of Hilchus Lulav teaches us that, because it's Man Simcha Seinu, explaining the laws of Sukkot, talks about the centrality of Simcha and Aveda. Uba Eifen and how, what, what, how should that Simcha be expressed? Like David Amela expressing the Simcha as he was walking up to our bias with the Sefer Torah, but even the mefazes u'mecharker b'koloiz, that he's, like, singing and croaking and, you know, making all sorts of noises with all his energy because he's, he's in, in a state of such incredible simcha. Of course, his wife wasn't happy with this. In addition to all this, the basic need for simcha, the the the... Uh, explanation of the Rizal in the Pasuk in, in Devarim, in Parsha Saveh, so the Rizal says, it's not that we didn't, it, meaning simple shot in the Pasuk is we didn't serve a Kaddish Baruch right? the, Ram, the, the, the Rizal says, we did serve a Kaddish Baruch but not with Simcha. And that's why all those horrible things that are discussed in Parsha Saveh come, meaning our, our, our Aveda was dry, and 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 somehow you know this is what I have to do as opposed to this is what gives me my energy and what is so exciting and amazing to do, right? But it's not that we went to the Arizal says other Rambam the Yidden keeping Torah and Mitzvah is just in a very dry and unhappy way. Without Chassidus, yeah, there was no Chassidus back then. It's hard to know how they did it, but then uh, yeah, that the joy that a person should experience through the performance of a mitzvah, and, and what's the source of that simcha, and his love for Kaddish Baruch Hu, who's the one who commanded them. And this is the Rambam saying, it's a great, I'm sorry, I missed the line, a great Indian simcha, right? I'm sorry, I missed that line. Right, this is what the Rambam writes. 
right? That the simcha that a person should experience in doing a mitzvah through their love of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, commanded them. Aveda Gedeli, it's a great Aveda, the Rambam says. I mean, it's not something that's easy to come by, and it's not something that, that doesn't take work. Shemizem Muvan, that's the end of the Rambam. Now the Rabbi adds, Shemizem Muvan, by virtue of the fact that the Rambam says what he says, should Sarkleis Inyan Asimcha Batera, that we, we, we see clearly, it's understood that there must be a notion of Simcha in Torah, not simply Simcha relative to his intellectual understanding of how Simcha is an important thing, because if that's the case, Kimai Kamashmalan. Right, what is this coming to teach? You don't need an Aveda, meaning if a person comes to an intellectual understanding of a certain reality that's joyous, <coughs> then he'll experience joy. Look at what the Rebbe says. Who came Adam, like a person, a Shemeya beside a table. Here's good news. He doesn't need any Aveda to be Besimcha. Meaning, when the Ramam says Aveda, it doesn't mean intellectual Aveda. Means there's a level of simcha that can be the function of an intellectual understanding that things are good. Okay, fine. Now that that itself might take work, right? There's a lot of people who spend a lot of time, you know, overcoming their 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 whether it's a natural, you know, we'll call it a natural tendency. Okay, the natural tendency to look at things in some sort of, you know, depressing and gray way, right, that, you know, they're, they're waiting for the next catastrophe to happen in life, right, okay, so there's people who live life that way, okay, so for those people to somehow contemplate the notion that maybe there's another way of looking at the world and to focus on the positive and to focus on simcha, etc., etc., so for those people, that's an Aveda, okay, that's true, right, but when the Rambam says Aveda Gedele, the Rebbe says that is not what the Rambam's talking about. The Ram is not talking about an Aveda that's based simply on the intellectual work of coming to an appreciation of the fact that a person should be besimcha. Right? That's one state. That's one level. That might be necessary. For some people it is. For some people it isn't. But the Rebbe says that isn't what the Ram calls Aveda Gedele because after all, once a person becomes intellectually aware of a situation that's by definition positive, I mean, again, whatever situation we're talking about, so then of course the person is going to be joyous, right? It, a person doesn't have to work on themselves to be joyous when they hear good news. That's what the Rebbe just said. Okay, so if a person becomes intellectually aware of, of the fact that there's a need for simcha, so that's one level, which might be necessary. But that's not the Avedic that the Rambam is talking about. Right? Because that simcha is just a function of recognition of reality, and that's not a Veda. Right? The simcha has to be beyond his comprehension. In other words, it has to be a simcha, and what, what did the Rambam say? A simcha based on ava. A simcha based on one's appreciation of one's proximity to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. If a person feels close to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, they feel simcha, they experience simcha. If they feel far away, then they might feel exactly the opposite. <coughs> right? When I say feel, I mean sensitive to, right? If a person's sensitive to elokus in their life, so then they're in a state of simcha. If they're not sensitive to that, so they, they might be what we would call happy, right? They're not necessarily walking around with their chin on their feet, right? But the, but the, the simcha, simcha is a state, as the Rebbe said, he's davchus rucha berucha bebechines neshikin, a feeling of tremendous closeness and proximity to a Kaddish Baruch 
and an, an appreciation of the fact that the Kaddish Baruch Hu loves us. And that usually, as we know, right, Kamayim Panim Panim, like when you look in water, so faces reflect, so when we appreciate a Kaddish Baruch Hu's love for us, so that arouses in us a love for Him, which also arouses in us a desire to be close to Him and a simchi in our closeness to Him. And that's the simcha that the that the, the Rambam is talking about. The simcha, the Aveda Gedele, because it's a level beyond Tam Vedas. It's a level beyond simply rationally understanding reality. It's getting to a point of a person's powerfully powerful essential connection to a Kaddish Baruch. That's simcha. Simcha gets us out of ourselves. Okay. Also, interestingly enough, I mean, it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Because it, on one hand, when a person's besimka, they get out of themselves, right? The miser will spend a lot of money on his daughter's wedding. That's the mushal always brought in. Not not just in chassidus. It's brought even before chassidus. Right? What does that mean? He gets out of himself. What's his natural tendency? To be a miser. He doesn't like spending money. Okay. But what, what will he do in a state of simcha? He'll overcome that. He'll get out of himself. Spend lots of money on his daughter's wedding. Go, go ask him for tzedakah. No, no, he doesn't have any money. Right? But for his daughter's wedding, he says he's in a state of simcha. And at his daughter's wedding, what might he do? Give a lot of tzedakah. That's just the nature of people. It's the way the Abishta created us. Because simcha takes a person out of themselves. The statement of the Rebbe Shab in Samach to Samach, simcha paretzes geder. Simcha breaks through boundaries. People in a state of simcha are able to accomplish things that they might not be able to accomplish in a normal state. Okay, so that's the result of simcha. How do you get to simcha? Oh, but that's what's so, that's what's uh, to a certain degree difficult. That's why it's in a very good day. You have to get out of yourself in order to be in a state of simcha. Now, that's why the Ramam says here, the Aveda Gadayla is, is getting out of yourself. The fact that, a, that, a, that, a, that, a, that a, a person is happy when he hears his daughter's getting married or any, when he's at his daughter's <laughs> wedding, well, that, that's not Aveda, that's just natural. So yes, that'll take him out of himself. There's no question, because that's what Simcha does. But what Simcha produces is also the, the teaching us what brings about Simcha. Persons get out of themselves and, rele- and, and connect to something beyond themselves, and then they can be in a state of Simcha. To the extent that they're constantly festering in self, they'll be in a state of limitation. And Simcha is a state beyond limitation. That's what Simcha is about. Simcha paretzes gedr. Simcha breaks boundaries. So to the extent that I bind myself up by my own self and all I think about, even in my relationship with the Kaddish, even, meaning, in, in the context of, you know, when you talk to a, a so-called religious Jew about this, so then you talk about within the context of our relationship <coughs> with the Kaddish Baruch what might people do? My relationship with the Kaddish Baruch is all about me. It's all about my religiosity, my progress in whatever it is I'm progressing in. Okay, so obviously that's part of the equation. But that's the most limiting part of the equation because if that's all I'm thinking about, then I'm completely and totally limited by myself. If you have to go beyond yourself to achieve a level of simple, it doesn't mean that simple fire it together. That simple itself breaks boundaries. If you've already broken the boundaries. Oh, the result of simcha is that. I mean, because there, there's a level of simcha, like we just said, there's a level of simcha that isn't necessarily in a very good day. There's a level of simcha that a person will come to naturally based on circumstance. But what do we see from that? It's very interesting. What will that produce in that person? Like, like the muscle of the father marrying off his daughter. Right? Okay. He'll, he'll be besimcha. 
Why? Aveda? Aveda. I mean, if he's not, there's something wrong with him, right? I mean, this is this is just a very natural event of that's misameach. Okay. That will cause him to go beyond normal limitation. He'll act in a way that he doesn't usually act, both in terms of his energy and also, again, the marshal always brought. And before a long time before Chassidus, the marshal has brought about about the the, the miser will give lots of money. To, he'll spend a lot of money on the wedding, and he'll also even give stock at the wedding. You know, you can't get him to give stock before or after, but at the wedding, he'll give lots of stock. He's so happy, gets out of himself. Okay, so that's the result of simcha. So that also teaches us, to a certain degree, what the Aveda of Simcha is. How do we get to that place? Well, meaning Simcha is a state of being out of myself, so if I'm working on the Aveda to get there, that's what I have to do. Right? There might be a Simcha that's natural. And there are. Right? Most people feel a greater state of Simcha on Shabbos. Some Shabbos is called B'yem Simcha Shem in the Pasuk. Feel a great, why? Well, because Shabbos is a state of elevation, and we feel to a certain degree, it's not that I necessarily did anything, I mean, hopefully I do, but even without doing anything, feel elevated, which means I feel a certain, I feel less limitation. Oh, so that, so that produces a state of symptom. That's what I'm saying, it's like a double-edged sword, that, I agree with you, there's a dichotomy, wait a minute, I want to get to a point of symptom, but I have to get out of myself to get there, Right? That's exactly the point. And, and we see it b'muchash in the world. Everybody's got a lot of free time now. They're trying very hard to be happy. Got a lot of free time to be happy now. It used to be people didn't have to worry about being happy because they were too busy. <laughs> now no one's busy. I mean, there are busy people, but the people have a lot of free time on their hands now that they never had. Right, okay. People are really working on being happy. No, miserable. Why they're all miserable? They're not all miserable, but right. Why is misery something that's out there? Talked about it yesterday in terms of what the Rebbe says about the eager, but a lot of that misery comes from self-absorption. I want to be happy. Meaning everybody's fifteen. Fifteen-year-olds are usually. What's fifteen all about? Fifteen is all about becoming, starting to move away from your parents and becoming aware of yourself. And it can also often be a fairly tumultuous time. Okay. It doesn't have to be, but it often is a pretty tumultuous time in a person's life, okay? More so in their parents' life than in their life, but okay. Right. Living with a 15-year-old is harder than being a 15-year-old, but, but it's, it's still, you know, it can be a very tumultuous time in a, in a person's life, okay? And, but, but, so what are they looking for? In, in, they're, they're looking to be happy because they're very, they're, they're, what are they developing? They're developing a very, very powerful sense of their self, which they have to develop because they have to move away from their parents. Right, so it has to be me. Not, I'm not an extension of someone else. There's a me that has to come into being. Because before I can be Bamvato me, there has to be a me to be Mavato, right? <laughs> there's no me, there's no Avaita. Right, so there has to be a Yesh. There has to be a person. There has to be a personality. There has to be a person who sees themselves as an independent being. Okay, now, that independent being then has to work on a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu that is about a Kaddish Baruch Hu, not about themselves. But there has to be a person there first <laughs> if there's no person, nothing's going to happen. Okay, and when does that person start showing up? You know, 13, 14, 15, 16, that, that's why it's, it's a, you know, a difficult time in, 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 uh, in many children's lives, right? And it, it's often a very rebellious time, right? Which is natural. That, 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 right? 
Okay. A parent has to be, you know, to prepare yourself for that. Because <laughs> it can be difficult. So, so uh, some kids go through it, it's like, you know, taking hair out of milk, and some kids it's like taking cotton out of thorns. Everybody's different. Some kids go through it, and just, you know, no problem. Some kids go through it, and it's pretty tumultuous. So, so that period of time, what are people, what, you know, in, certainly in the secular world, what are they busy doing? What are they going to start experimenting with? Things to make them happy. I mean, you know, they might start earlier now. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm dating myself now. They start at ten, but uh, you know, what 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 what's going to start happening? Looking for external things to make me happy. Why? Because I'm very powerfully aware of myself, and that means I'm probably not necessarily in a state of simcha. To the extent I'm aware of myself and focused on self, then to that extent I'm feeling limitation because that's what self is. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to look for things to make me happy, which can be dangerous. That's why it's a, it can be a dangerous time in the secular world. It is. It's definitely a dangerous time. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing stable. Stable. No, almost finished. Right, no, that, yeah, that, this I would like. If people can just write their names again for the office so we can just get an attendance sheet for this, so get an idea of who's in class. Okay? So, so I have to get out of that. And that's where Simcha comes from. So you're right. I agree with you 100%. That's, that, that, it, there's, it's, like a, it's almost dichotomous. Wait a minute. It takes me out of my... And he just gave you a copy. I'm not talking about signing up. Well, if you sit down in a chair, it'll make it do you. That's the best way to do it. So, um, uh, the, 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 yes, it get, the, the, the result of Simcha is it's Peretz's gather. But in order to reach a state of Simcha, I have to get out of myself and beyond my, the limitations of my own Hasoga and get to a point of a more essential expression of self. And that essential expression of self is a closeness to God, and that produces simcha. Yes, I agree with you. There's, it, it's the same on both sides. Right. But that will definitely produce, in terms of Aveda, a greater Aveda. That'll be Peretz's gather in terms of our Aveda afterwards, once we've done the Aveda Gedele to reach that state of simcha. Simcha is a state of gilui, revelation. Hmm? When is a person in a state of, of angst? When things aren't clear. No matter how difficult things are, if it's clear, then people deal with it. Right? The marshal is, a, is a, an operation. Right? A person has a very sore knee. We've talked about this before. A person has a very, very sore knee. It's driving him crazy. It's really uncomfortable. And he can't deal with it anymore. At a certain point, what does he decide he's going to do? He's going to have an operation, right? He's been putting off the operation for a long time because it's really a pain in the neck and he doesn't want to do it. But now he can't do it anymore. It's just bothering him enough that he's going to go to the orthopedist and, and talk to him and, and arrange an operation to clean up his knee because it really hurts. Okay, fine. So he's told that he can, uh, you know, in, in, in most medical systems, you don't get, you know, you don't say, walk in on Tuesday and say, my knee hurts, and the guy says, okay, we'll operate on you tomorrow. That's not usually how it works. Usually they'll say, okay, we have an opening in two months. I mean, you're going to have to put up with this for two months, but, well, you know, in Canada, it's four years, but in, you know, in, in most places, it's two months. But, okay, in two months, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take care of this. Fine. So then he gets, now, of course, this is going to be a very painful procedure, and he's going to be in a cast for, uh, 
for, let's say, you know, two weeks afterwards. He's going to be on crutches for four weeks, and he's going to be doing physio for a couple of months after that. It's going to, it's going to be a haul, but at the end of it, he's, he'll be fine. All right? Okay. And especially the operation and going to the hospital, and it's a pain, and he's going to wake up. You know, I don't, they probably don't put you asleep for these things anymore. But, but you know, so it, when he, you know, after the operation, he's going to be in pain. It's going to be in, you know, certain discomfort. There's no question. Okay. So he, he, um, he's told two months. So he comes home and he tells his wife, um, okay, I went to the orthopedist because she's been telling me he has to go and he's been putting it off because who wants to do this? And, uh, and I went to the orthopedist and he said, in two months we'll do an operation. He said, okay, great, that sounds good. You're, you okay with that? He said, yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, good. He goes to work. Three days later he gets a phone call from the orthopedist's office. Um, if you want, you can do the operation in two weeks. Okay. He's excited or he's, ha- or, he's, or he's depressed about that news? He's excited about that news. That's good news, right? Okay, so he calls up his wife. Well, good news. What? In two weeks, you know, it was going to be in two months, but now in two weeks they're going to lay me on a table and cut open my knee and fiddle around in there and cause me real discomfort and real pain, and I'm, I'm going to have a month of, of all sorts of, you know, just abnormal life. And I'm really excited because instead of happening in two months, it's happening in two weeks. Isn't that great news? What are you, normal? Well, quite, yes, he is, as a matter of fact. Why is that great news? Because it's absolutely clear to him that this discomfort and, and lack of, of, you know, the ability to do what it is that he really wants to do with his life is all for a purpose. It's absolutely clear that all things being equal, at the end of it all, He's going to be able to walk around without pain. So he's willing to do all that. Right? Okay. So he's besimple when someone tells him that you're going to go through all this discomfort in two weeks instead of two months. That's a strange response. Not a strange response at all. Because it's absolutely clear to him why he has to go through this. And so he can deal with it in a, in a, in a very joyous way. And if he's really an adult... He'll even deal with all the discomfort in a very joyous way, and he'll deal with it, and he'll go to the hospital, and he'll, you know, hopefully be a, a very, very happy, positive patient, and he'll, you know, smile at the doctors and the nurses when they come to say hello, and they say, hi, doc, they, you know, yeah, how are you doing, what's up, blah, 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 as opposed to sitting there and being a child and feeling sorry for himself the whole time, right? Now, that is already, you know, a, a, a bigger step in the simch of it all, because he's seeing an even bigger picture, Okay. But even just the basic picture of it all, without any real avoida, this guy who wants, who needs this operation is going to be more than happy that the operation happens. He's going to be very excited about going. There's going to be some trepidation, but he'll be very excited about having the operation. Why? Because he knows that at the end of the operation, all things being equal, alpi teva, he's going to feel good in a, in a month. He's not going to be limping. And he's really, he's really, it's, he's really, it hurts right now, and it's really not comfortable. That clarity allows him to deal with all sorts of things that aren't particularly pleasant. And that's simcha. That's what simcha is about. Simcha is clarity. What's the clarity? What's real simcha? The clarity of the presence of Kaddish Baruch. That's the way I've been talking about. A person, but that's a very good A person has to work very, very hard on that. It's not simply the, per, the fact that a person understands intellectually that there's a God. Okay, Besedu. Yeah, but there's also an overdraft. <laughs> so there's a God. I'm also unemployed. I know that too. That's also my intellectual awareness. Okay, well, say that I, I understand you're unemployed and that's not a good situation and blah, 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 blah. But a person can deal with that by a person can deal with that by being, by being depressed and that's their choice. 
the avoid gedeim is to deal with that with simple, to deal with everything with simple. Ivdu es Hashem, the Ramba, the 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 pasuk says Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. The Baal Shem Tov says Ivdu es Hashem. How be besimcha? That itself is avoid es Hashem. Simcha itself is avoid. The 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 Baal Shem Tov says. But real simcha, I mean, not not simcha because a person took drugs. Drugs work. They obviously work. It's just a very, very useful and and uh, successful short-term solution to the problem. And an absolutely disastrous long-term solution to the problem <laughs> of a lack of simple. Work short-term, there's no question. Absolutely, 100%. Right? That's why people do it. Right? <laughs> why, why do people do drugs? Because it makes them unhappy? No. It's an excellent short-term solution to the problem. Excellent. Absolutely disastrous long-term solution to the problem. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just makes them more depressed, more, you know, puts them into a deeper hole. Right? It's interesting, the Rebbe once discussed the difference between alcohol and, and marijuana, since marijuana and hashish were making their, you know, entering the scene in a big time in the 60s. So, you know, people still ask questions all the time. And, you know, people ask, well, you know, so we drink l'chaims for Brengans. Why, why can't people smoke drugs? Right? So the Rebbe said something very, very simple and clear and true. Alcohol, that doesn't mean you drink every day, right? But interestingly enough, Chazal, Chazal demanded from us to drink more alcohol than normal when we are celebrating Geula. The two major celebrations of Geula are Purim and Pesach. And Chazal, the Torah, obviously by Purim, but by Pesach also, the Torah doesn't say drink anything. The Torah says eat matzah. Chazal came and said drink wine, four cups. Most people, after four cups of wine, have a slightly different uh, uh, sense of reality than they had before they drank the four cups of wine. Because I'll also say, drink a lot of mashka on Purim. Which is interesting, right? So, knee-jerk alcohol is bad. No. Evidently, that's not how Chazal look at it. Can alcohol be bad? Alcohol probably destroys more lives than any other single thing in Eilam Haza, I would assume. Probably. I mean, maybe it's drugs now. But it certainly was alcohol for a very long time. So does that mean alcohol is bad? No. Alcohol can be used for very positive purposes. What can alcohol be used for in certain circumstances in a very controlled way? The Rebbe said, alcohol takes a person out of themselves. Temporarily, through external forces, but it helps. So it can help a person doing the Aveda of getting out of themselves, which is experiencing Geula. So Chazal say, interestingly enough, Purim and Pesach. Okay? In, in Lubavitch, so we're Mahadran and Mahadran, and we, you know, it's uh, every Thursday night for bringing. But uh, no, for bringing, aren't about getting drunk. I have nothing to do with it. That's why the Rebbe also made a, made a clear gazeta that people under 40 aren't allowed to drink more than four Lachayims. So, nothing to talk about. You want to play with the Rebbe and play with fire? No problem. But the Rebbe said very, very clearly, under 40, no more than four Lachayims. Right? Okay. Fine. Those four Lachayims are just fine to get a person out of themselves to the extent that if they're serious, they can do some Avreda. The Rebbe said about drugs, drugs push a person into themselves. 
they withdraw into themselves. Now, the Rebbe never smoked drugs, but he doesn't have to in order to know that that's what they do, which is really right, quite fascinating because that's what they do. A person withdraws into themselves. Absolutely the opposite of what you want to do if you want to come close to God. That's why they're completely and totally not useful for coming close to God. And they also make people miss Chassidah Seder the next day. They spend too much time on the roof. It's just the way it is. Right? So they really miss out on God. Right? But the, the thing itself doesn't help. Right? A person might make a chalot in a verbringen at three in the morning to get up for chassidus seven more in the clock in the next morning. There's no way that's happening if it's something else. I'm so in tune with myself. Why do I have to even go learn chassidus? I'll just sleep. I once heard a joke on American television that. Uh, in Los Angeles, they made a big drug bust. They brought the drugs to the police station. They put them in the furnace in the police station, and they burnt it all up. But they made a mistake, and it got into the vents in the whole place. Right? So it was coming out the vents. All these drugs were coming out the vents. So there was a big trial happening on the third floor of the police station. It was a trial by jury. So the judge called in the jury and asked the jury if they had come to a decision. And the jury said, yes, we have. The judge said, what's your decision? They said, our decision is we don't care. <laughs> what do I care about him for? What do I care about this time? I'm good. That's completely antithetical to everything that Yiddishkeit is about. That's why it's never been part of Yiddishkeit. Alcohol always has. I'm not advocating alcohol, right? Alcohol can, can destroy lives. If you like it, don't ever touch it. If you find it abhorrent, then drink it l'chaim. Drink l'chaim to the Fabregan. Why not? <laughs> it's absolutely the worst taste in the world. Why would anybody want to drink? I've, honestly, personally, I've always wondered, how, how do you become an alcoholic? How do you drink enough of this stuff every day to be an alcoholic? It's just so horrid. It's unbelievable. Right? I mean, I guess there are alcoholics on beer, which is less horrid. But I mean, you have to drink so much of it. I guess you have to be a Canadian, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's never understood. This stuff is horrid. Right? But it can be used for positive purposes. No question. David made it. Right? The other stuff, David also made that. It just can't be used for positive purposes, so stay away from it. It doesn't help. It just pushes you into yourself, which is the opposite of Simcha. <clears throat> To reveal this level of simcha, that's why the Ram says, When you get out of myself to connect to something more essential, it's really essentially me, right? But it's out of the, the, the sense of conscious self that I have to touch a deeper place in myself, which is that place of godliness in every single one of us. That's a real Aveda. It's not simple. 
not only that, it's a great Aveda, the Rambam says. A Shermi calls them, moving from all of this, it's understood. The Indian Aveda is a Tshuva the Indian of Tshuva in our generation, ain't a Kavana Indian. There's no place for Meridus. We have to do Misimcha Mamish. Okay. And we talked about that enough. Amnam, however. That even though the Indian of Tshuva today is Misech Simcha, a Dayan ain't a move and it's still not understood. We're back to our original, the original question in the mind. Right? Rava, right? Margil Bafuma the Rava. Rava used to say, Tachlis Chokma Chuva Maisim Tevim. The ultimate expression of Chokma is Chuva Umaisim Tevim. And Rashi explains that to mean learning Torah im Hachuva, with Chuva, meaning, so to speak, not that, not that learning Torah brings me to tshuva, which is what I would think it means, but that I've, I've done Chuva, therefore my learning Torah is of a greater quality. Why? That's what the Rebbe asked. What's the connection between the two? And then the Rebbe brought the simple Jews whose tshuva is very, very serious, even though it's with bechi and, and, and uh, it's with crying and, and, and bitterness. And that's when the Rebbe said, and that's not our Aveda today. But then back to the original question, what's the, what's the connection between intellect and tshuva? Two completely different things. Okay. That which tshuva ilah, yal yedei limitator, v'simcha delimitator, the fact that tshuva ilah, the higher level of tshuva that we just talked about, comes through learning Torah and the simcha of learning Torah, right, which is one of the ways the Rabbi talked about the expression of, of, of the simcha we saw at the end of yesterday's shir, and we learned l'halocha, right, that the statutes of a Kaddish Baruch are straight, they, they make one joyous, and that's why a person isn't allowed to learn Torah in a state of availus, Right, if you're sitting, people who are sitting shiva aren't allowed to learn Torah. They can learn Torah about availus, but they don't. They can't. They, if they learn daf yomi every day, they're not allowed to learn daf yomi. Right, not allowed to sit down and learn a page of Gemara. See this interesting question. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Right. Why would they say yes? Um, the same reason that some people say you're allowed to learn chassidus on on uh, on Tisha B'av. <laughs> Most people don't uh, because it's. A, a different level of simcha. It's not a simcha that's so much a simcha of self, right? Meaning you're contemplating the Abishta. It's not so much the simcha that one gets from intellectual comprehension. Right? But m- m- most people don't learn. You know, they might learn a mimer about Tishabah, but you're also allowed to learn the Gemaras about, you know, you're allowed to learn the Gemaras and Gittin and the other Gemaras that talk about the Hur, but that you're allowed to do. You can certainly learn psukim in Tanakh that you're like, meaning you're hot. The, the rabbi talks about this all the time. There's still a chiv of Talmud Torah. Mm. Chiv the rice of Talmud Torah. Okay, the question is, what are you allowed to learn? Stam, sit down and learn Torah. Open up, open up the Gemara where you left <coughs> off the day before Tish above. No, that you can't do. Right? Hit this Rambam, so we don't do. Right? We do it before and after. We do it mincha. What about on Is there any exceptions? Oh, it's like it's nittle tomorrow night. Like tonight. tonight, oy vey. Tonight is nickel. It's the twenty fourth today. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So then this is a good night to for brain. Okay. So now you're all here. I'll remind myself. I'm inviting you to uh, Latka's oven tonight in our house. Um, seven thirty, let's say. But seven thirty it doesn't. Seven thirty doesn't mean eight thirty nine, right? Because uh, uh, we're not going to sit for five hours.
Um, so if it's seven thirty, if you if you're on Mitzrayim and you come there later, so beseder. I mean, but but it's, it's seven thirty. If people can do that, my address is up there. Our address. I don't live there alone. I mean, I live there almost alone now. It's just my wife and I. But uh, it used to be a lot more roommates, but they all left. Found greener pastures. Creeps. So so uh, so. Uh, <laughs> So, so that our address is up there. It's bus seventy four from here. It takes you literally a two minute walk from our house. Uh, I don't, I, you know, they announced the stop. I don't remember. I think it's called Rose, Rosenthal Schalzen. I think that's the name of the stop. You get to Harnof. You get it'll say the Harnof main bus station on the bus, and then you go around a traffic circle, start heading downhill. There's a stop right at the beginning. Where the bus rarely stops. There's a stop in the middle of the hill where the bus rarely stops. Then there's another traffic circle and a bus as you start going a bus stop as you start going down the another hill. So that's that's the bus stop to get off. And that's Rehov Shalzen. And we're on Shalzen eight. You'll get off right next to Shalzen two and you walk two and then there's a four and then there's a six. Unless you want to cross the street and walk in the odd number and then cross the street back to get back to the even number. Right? But two, four, six, and then there's a little service road and we're eight. Okay. The shawls and shuffle. Okay. Do we take the bus from Tachanamerkazit? Yeah, there's also the, the 74 from the Tachanamerkazit, yes. But you can take the bus from Davidka here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the bus is right here. That's why I said the 74, it's right here. There's also 75, but that'll take you a, a eight minute walk from my house. The 74 <coughs> takes you right there. Okay? Um, if, if people can give me a Kanemi, like if people think they're coming, do people think you're coming? Yeah. Yeah. Come. Well, we don't know what the time schedule is. Right, I know. So that's why I'm, that's exactly why I'm asking. Because it depends how many latkes I'm making. <laughs> My wife's at work. I'm making the latkes. You guys are in bad shape. <laughs> <laughs> so you got okay. So we're well, okay. So this is the meaning. Hasid this year. What? Bring leftovers. No, some No, I'll bring leftovers to the guys who were there. <laughs> Not the guys who aren't there. The guys who aren't there. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I'll try to have yellow. Oh. I have white. I'll try it. I'll see if there's yellow. I have to open the cabinet. We'll see. After the wedding, you never know. We drank ourselves dry that wedding. <laughs> Shava bruches, whatever. And then the parties in Gemara class. That was the end of one bottle of yellow. We know that. Is it still around? No, good. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so please, you're more than invited. I mean, you know, we usually latkes ovens. We decide, you know, which class, like every, you know, there's gemara class or chassidus class. So this year we're doing chassidus class. Okay, seder. If you're in gemara class, also it doesn't mean you don't come. It means just I'm just you know I can't. My house, that you know, has limits. So what's the answer to Jason's question about learning on nittel? We don't learn on nittel. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. There are about nittel. There are definitely people who say you can learn chassidus. We don't learn on nittel, the rubber shop. So you're going to see it in that today's year. It should be if it's nittel, then it should be today's year. Sew your buttons and play chess. Uh, what? Sew your buttons and play chess. Sew your buttons, play chess, or or bring. Come to a come to a bring. We'll sit. Well, we're we're allowed to talk Torah. That you're allowed to do. You just don't sit down in front of a safer and learn. Right. Completely counterintuitive. I agree. Right. You would think that the way to fight the forces of darkness is with greater light. Hundred percent. You would think that that's. But okay, the Rebbeim know better than us, and they say that's what you. And the Rebbe Shab said that he doesn't find favor in those people who, for whatever reason, they're so religious they can't not learn for those eight hours. 
He says they really those people did not find favor in his eyes. Now the Rebbe Shab would sit and learn for you know twenty two hours a day, so I, 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 he's not one who isn't interested in learning Torah. So that's what he said. So what would he do during? I don't know what the Rebbeim did. I mean, you know, they, they say the that that picture, that famous picture of the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe playing chess is not nipple. Huh. They, they, you know, they always used to say it is. As far as I know, it's not nipple. So interesting. You know. I don't know, that chess game always, it always, like... always pops up. It's so interesting. The whole thing is so fascinating. Okay. Like, who won? <laughs> <laughs> if the Rebbe was in a winning position, would he win? What? Still, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I mean, I understand. If the Friedrich Rebbe wins, that's not a problem. He's the Rebbe. Yeah. But... Uh, it, does <laughs> the rabbi do? If the rabbi could make a move and say checkmate, does he do that? It's the rabbi sitting there, right? You, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like what? I, right? If he would, if that maybe that's impossible. I don't know. I have no idea. But always, that's what I always wondered about that game. That's what I always wondered about that game. Right? Like they just kept playing and then stopped. Like, I don't know. Someone must have. I win. Someone always wins, right? Oh, they're stalemates, right? They're, you yeah, they're stalemates. I don't know. There was a guy in our high school. I said, why well, I remember his name, I don't know. It's just one of those names. Nigel Fulbrook. How's that for a nice Jewish name? Nigel. Nigel Fulbrook. Nigel Fulbrook was the BC junior chess champion. It's like the, he literally had a head like an egg, and and he had this huge head on his on his and and, and he was he was a brilliant kid, and he was the BC junior chess champ, and he used to play chess. There was a chess club. I wasn't part of the chess club. He was in the chess club, and and they and they used to play chess in in a room in, in high school, and so every now and then I you know you'd anybody would walk by the room, so I once saw Nigel called me and said, "Come on, let's play." I said, "Come on, Nigel, that's ridiculous." He said, "But they had this clock. You see the clock? You're playing the clock, right?" Yeah. So he would give himself like 15 seconds. That means he had 15 seconds. Once I made a move, I'd hit the clock. He'd have to make a move and hit the clock and beat me in 15 seconds. Took him about three the first time. I don't know, four moves, I was dead. But I was thinking. So I said, aha, I'm thinking. While I'm thinking, he's thinking. So the next game, I said, okay, I'm not going to think. I'm just going to move pieces. We're gonna see what happens. I'm just going to move things. I'm not going to give him one I'm just He's going he's gonna to hit the clock, and I'm just going to move a piece... Arbitrarily, I'll just take a piece of movement and hit the clock. So, you know, theory, he has no time to think. That was about two and a half seconds. <laughs> he was so good at this. It was unbelievable. I don't want, you know, if I, then I stood and watched him play other people who actually knew how to do it. The guy, I, he just, he would sit there and look at it, and then he'd go, hmm. And then the other person would look at him with this nasty look like. <laughs> he was just good at it. Uh, Nigel Fulbrook. Okay. What a name. Jewish Not with a name like that, no. <laughs> so what does Nigel like have Not when I grew up. What is it <laughs> <Maybe> actually now? <laughs> I don't want to say that. But anyway. In, when I grew up, the fathers were also Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jews were called Goldstein and Schwartz, and, you know, Kaplan, and Michelson, and things like that. Now it's not that way. At least, you know, 50% of the Jews have names that are, you know, not traditionally Jewish names. 
So I guess they're becoming traditionally Jewish names in two generations. They'll be traditionally Jewish names. Right? And we're just we're in, elevating the world that way, I guess. I, mean, I don't know, whatever. In the end, it's all going to come out in the wash. Right? So, even furthermore, and scarier, even ones with Jewish names have to be careful. Oh, well, okay, that's the other, that's the <laughs> flip side of the coin. Yes, that's true. The you know people running Chabad houses in America realize that if someone walks in and says their name is Goldstein, there's a fifty percent chance they're not Jewish. If someone walks in and says their name is you know uh, McCormick, then there's a fifty percent chance they are Jewish. Right? That's that's the American demographics now. American Jewish demographics. That's just the way it is. Right? God's still running the world. Okay. Yeah, you sure you're Jewish? <laughs> Goldberg? I don't know. That doesn't sound Jewish to me. Goldberg. I don't know. Goldstein, maybe. It's my cousin's. <laughs> okay, no, come, let's go. All right? means the same thing. This is because Torah is one of the mitzvahs. And the statutes of Hashem make one, are, are straight, I'm sorry. Meaning, one of the ways of coming to Simcha is through learning Torah, because Torah is that which connects you to Kaddish Baruch Hu. If so, we have to understand the Kesher, the connection. The Chochma contemplation and understanding. Im inyan the notion of Tshuva. Add to such an extent that Rashi said, that Tshuva is the ultimate expression of Chochma, meaning. Chochma with tshuva is the ultimate expression of chochma. So, what does that mean? In this, in this context, you also have to understand that kesher the chochma ma'isim tevim. Also, what's the connection to ma'isim tevim? Because that was the second half of the, 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 the statement of Rava, which is also the second half of the Pasuk and Torah that he brings. Shehema mitzvahs. Pekudei sharm. The statutes of Hashem are straight papashtus, the simple pshat, in that meaning mitzvahs. Why is the ultimate expression of Chokhmah and Mavana good deeds? Again, it might lead to good deeds, but why is that the ultimate expression of the Chokhmah itself? And Chokhmah without those deeds isn't Chokhmah. So let's just begin the answer and we'll, we'll, we'll continue the answer tomorrow morning. As it's explained in the Mimer there, there are Frieder Grabi's Mimer that the Rebbe's been learning the whole time. The Isa Bezayar, we'll just see the Zayar, and, um, and, and then we'll see where we're going. Famous Zayar, it's quoted in Tanya, it's quoted all over Chesidus, Leis Machshava Tfisabach Klal. That's the part of the, of, the, of the statement in the Zayar that is quoted all the time. There is no thought that can comprehend you at all. Tfisa means to grasp, literally. I mean, that's why tfisa is a word that can be used both in physical terms and conceptual terms. Like the word grasp. You can grasp a pole or grasp an idea. Right? So tofes, also in Hebrew. Litfos can mean litfos, the ball, or litfos, the idea. In Yiddish, chap. 
You can hop something physically, grab it, or you can hop an idea. Right. Okay? <coughs> Same word. So it says, lace makshova, makshova is thought. Tfisa bach doesn't grasp you, klal, at all. Now, that's the part of the statement that's usually quoted, but there's a second half of the statement. Aval nitfas ihu beruusa deliba. But he is grasped with love of the heart. Okay. So machshava doesn't grasp, but love of the heart does. So whatever level it is that we're discussing relative to not being grasped, I mean, that which machshava can't grasp, that level of elokus is grasped through whatever reusa deliba is, whatever love of the heart is. However, we understand that. And the perish of the idea that thought doesn't comprehend you at all, kai is relevant to al the essence of a kaddish baruch which is going to read to the period in the next line, and we'll stop. That that's the level of a Kaddish Baruch is not relevant to any comprehension or grasping at all. Right? That's the level of a Kaddish Baruch. We've talked about it a number of times. Right? Atzmus just is. That's the level of a Kaddish Baruch. Where did that come from? Didn't come from anywhere. Just is. Well, when did it start? Didn't start. Has no start. Just always has been. What does that mean? What does that mean? Everything starts somewhere. What's its source? Doesn't have a source. What's its purpose? No purpose. There's no purpose. Just is. Well, where did it come from? Didn't. Very, very hard to understand that. When we say we believe in God, that's what that means. That's what God, God, the creator of the world, hopefully you don't believe in that. Hopefully you know that. You can explain how that happened. Right? You've learned enough Hasidus, you can understand, you can explain what our Sevev is and what our Mamale is and how light fills vessels and how reality comes into being and how the specific reality that we experience, why it is we experience the way it is. Right? It's a function of Simsum and Shvir Sekelim, those two realities work in concert to create the particular experience of reality that we have. We should be able to explain that very, very clearly to anybody who asks. Why? Well, it's not, you don't believe in that, you know that. That's part of it, should be part of your intellectual bank. It's in there. Can't explain Mamale and Sevev? Where you been? Learn Basi Lagani, Tavshin Yud, the Rebbe will explain the difference between Sevev and Mamale. Okay, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Okay, but it's there. It's not like this is something that I can't understand. Etzim? I know that it is, but I don't know what it is. Can't have any comprehension whatsoever of the mahus of it, what it is. Can you have an intellectual comprehension of its metzius, the fact that there is the existence of such a level? Yes, that's what we're, we're talking about it right now. There is such a level called atzmus. Yes, I can understand that. What is that? Haven't got a clue. What does essential being mean? Just is. Didn't come from anywhere. Has no purpose. God doesn't exist to create you. He did create you, but that's not why he exists. What is that? I don't know. 
the only level of you and I that can get to that, the Rebbe says, is called Ruusu Deliba. We'll see what that is, because evidently whatever it is that thought can't comprehend, there is a level that we can connect to that with, and it's called Ruusu Deliba, which sounds pretty good. So let's again, let's get to the period and we'll stop. Loimi boy, it's not necessary to say, like a loimi boy in the Gemara. Loimi boy, it's not necessary to say, that it's not relevant there, hasoga sechiyuv, positive comprehension, meaning understanding what it is. Elo, but not only that, so there isn't even negative comprehension. What's negative comprehension? Negative comprehension is I know what it isn't. Okay, well, what do you mean I know what it isn't? Okay, that's the difference between your comprehension of finite and your comprehension of infinite. All right, your comprehension of finite is called you, you can define what it is. You experience it. You know what finite is. It's what your experience of all reality is. What don't what do you not know what it is? Infinite. There's no word in English to describe infinite in a positive way. There's no word in any language to describe infinite in a positive way. All you the way you describe infinite is what it isn't. It's not finite. It's ain self. I don't know what it is. I just know what it isn't. It's built mugbal. It's unlimited. Okay, I know what limited is. I know what unlimited is to the extent that I know that it's not limited. Okay, that's a, that's a certain level of comprehension there. So you and I can discuss infinite reality. We discuss Soivev all the time. Right? I have a harder time grasping exactly what Soivev looks like. Okay, but I can talk about it. See, this is, I mean, most, I, I don't know, most. I, Books and books and books and books of my marim discussing levels of reality beyond the tzilus. Anything beyond the tzilus is 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 infinite reality completely and totally. Right? No kaling, no level of vessels that's that that are uh, that is allowing the light to express itself in any so-called finite or particular unique so-called limited way. Doesn't exist in Seve. Right? It's infinite light. Can we discuss it? Of course, we do. Discuss it all the time. What is it? I don't know. I know what it isn't. Oh, that itself means something. Okay. <laughs> so when you describe Seveiv, you were asked to do that, right? I think everybody's given a couple of questions after Basi Lagani, right, to describe us, the different two differences between Seveiv and Mamale. So what did you say about Seveiv? What it is? You didn't say anything about what it is. You said what it isn't. You said, well, there's one thing you said about what it is, but doesn't describe it. It just describes how it acts. You said it's equal in all worlds. Okay, that's one thing you all said. You also said it's not clothed in Caleb. Right. Okay, that's true. That's what I can say about Sedev. What does it look like? I don't know. I don't know what infinite looks like. I don't even know what Malachim look like. So how am I supposed to know what infinite looks like? I don't even know what metaphysical finite looks like. So how can I possibly know what infinite looks like? Okay. But Mamale? I understand. You can't describe mamale. You should be able to describe mamale very, very clearly. Chazal say it very clearly. Just like the, the soul fills the body, God fills the world. You don't understand what it means the soul fills the body. You don't experience that you have something in you called life, that is this force of energy that powers you and is you. Okay, so there's something in the world that's exactly the same. It's called God. 
difference between the, 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 the soul and God is that the soul didn't, isn't the source of your creation, it's just the energy source, whereas the, 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 God, the, light, the godly light that fills the world is not only the energy of the world, it's the source of the world's existence. Okay. Say it. But that level of reality we can understand very well. But there's a level we can't understand at all. That's called Atmos. We'll start from there tomorrow. What time did we say? 7.30? Yes. Okay. Can we dump Marv at 7.30? Is that okay? Can we do that? Sure. Will there be a minion at 7.30 so we can dump Marv? Because I'm not going to dump Marv anywhere else. I'll wait for you guys. I will not have lit candles yet. My wife isn't coming home till 10 o'clock, so at some point my wife will come home and then we'll, maybe you guys will be sitting there and we'll all sing uh, Ma'os Tzur together. Oh, no, we don't sing that. We'll sing uh, there is a Lala or something. So what does Nindal actually translate to?